I'm, I'm Sai. It's great to see you here this morning. I hope you're well. I'm going to be looking at seeking first the kingdom of God this morning. But to start with, as Anna has already stolen my thunder, I need three volunteers to come forward to do a bit of uh, uh, treasure hunting in here or lucky dip or whatever you're used to calling it. So can I have three volunteers, please? Uh, Amanda. Oh, here's another one, Tom. Yep, and Nick. Okay. So in here are three prizes. Yeah, sorry, there's no scorpions or anything like that or poisonous spiders. There's three prizes. One of them is worth the grand total of five pounds. Oh, yes, five pounds. Yeah, yeah, no expense spared. What I want you to do is to, you know, have a feel around. But the first thing you feel is what you should grab hold of and take out, apart from the balls, obviously, because there's rather a, a lot of them. Okay, but we'll go ladies first. Oh, look at that, Kit Kat Chunky, oh, very nice. Is there any opportunity to win money on that? No, no, okay, that's just worth about 60p. <laughs> oh, an envelope, oh, what's in the envelope, Tom? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> envelope's worth, what, about 20p, but, oh. Oh, no expense spared. So, Nick, there's still, there's still a present in there for you. I'm afraid it's worth about 10p. Can I sip it out? Uh, no, because someone's got to clear it up afterwards. Okay, <laughs> I think I put another one in there. Unless someone's come and stolen it out of there. Oh, dear. Oh no, have you been shortchanged? It should be in. Uh, maybe we are going to have to tip it out to find out. Let's have a look. Yes, there it is. A stinger bar. You can see where I got them from, can't you? There you go. Right, before you go, though, before you go. No, no. Let me just, let me just ask you honestly what one did you want to win? You wanted that? Okay, oh, very unusual. Okay, well done, Amanda. What did you want to win? Well, I wanted a Kit Kat, actually. But, uh, <laughs> now I've got five pounds, so I can buy some Kit Kat. Yeah, so, there you yeah. go. I was just making up the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you want to win? What were you hoping when I told you that there was one in there worth five pounds? I got what I got. Five pounds is nice. Oh, right, go away, go on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Were you going to say something else, were you? That's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll pass that back to you. Okay. Thank you, guys. You can, you, you can keep them. It's okay. No, no. We'll, we'll clear up uh, uh, later. Maybe, maybe my wife will clear up later for... Uh, uh, oh! For, ru for ruining my surprise is what I meant. Honestly. Oh. Well, maybe you better not clear up later. I, be, I better do it now, aren't I, after that reaction? Cool. Anyway, anyway. Part of the point of, <laughs> of that, which failed miserably because of, of, of people's answers, is normally in life, people's first choice 
is what they consider to be most valuable. So that's what people uh, desire. What things in your life that you consider most valuable is actually what you spend your life, your time, your energy, your finances going towards those things. They have more priority in your life. And today, I want to look how Jesus tells us and modeled to us that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So let's read Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 33. If you've got your Bibles, you want to open it there. I'll give you a moment to find the, the, the passage. Matthew 6, 25 to 33. says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And today I want to look at why we should seek first the kingdom of God and how we seek first the kingdom of God. Two very, uh, it's a very simple message in a way, although it's very difficult to actually do. So firstly, why we should seek first the kingdom of God. It's just do a check in your own heart before I start of where you are honestly at in your life today. What has first place in your life today? What's the highest priority in your life? What has the highest honor in, in your heart? Just take a moment to examine your own heart. You know what the answer should be, but actually, is it that? You know, God knows your heart. And the truth is, as Jeremiah 17 tells us, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We deceive ourselves. And, you know, we won't we, we, we deceive ourselves and we, we can, um, there's things that we can allow ourselves to get away with that we would never tolerate in other people. We can justify things that actually aren't 
right. And if you just honestly, before God, stopped and assessed your life more regularly, you would realize, actually, there are things in here that need to change. You'd realize your need for the Holy Spirit to make you more Christ-like, make you more into the image of Jesus. And along with the psalmist, you would pray more often, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See, the psalmist is not even sure of his own thoughts there. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. Does your life reflect one that is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? You know, recently I spoke of a good test of this is where you spend your time and where your finances go as well. What do you spend most of your time thinking about? Is it yourself? Is it things that, you, that will please you? Is it somebody else? Or is it God and the things that please God? What's more important to you this morning? Your happiness? Your comfort? That's a big one in this country, being comfortable. Your popularity? Or is it more important that you're obedient to God? Is it more important that you're pleasing God? Is it more important that you're serving the people of God? You see, Jesus makes it clear, doesn't he? You cannot serve two masters. Your life is made up of a series of choices. And actually, as you choose one thing, you automatically exclude other things because time is a finite commodity and you only get a limited amount of it, which is why the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, to make the best use of our time. God wants us to make the best use of our time. Elsewhere, Paul tells us, the Apostle Paul, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlists him. Have you allowed yourself to get distracted by civilian pursuits? Or are you living to serve King Jesus with your life? God is called to be first in your life and in my life. And, if, and it's worth just honestly assessing our own hearts from time to time to see if there's things that have risen in our hearts that shouldn't be there, that, are, that, that have risen to a level that's above God and the things of God. Have we got distracted by something, some desire, or even by some problem? Sometimes we can, instead of running to God with our problems, we can get distracted by them and they can become the big thing, big issue in our life. My friends, you create problems in your life when God is not first in your life, when he's not first in your heart. You know, some friends of uh, mine and Anna, they were a, a, a great couple. They were, had trained and they were ready to go on the mission field. And all of a sudden, out of sort of nowhere, it appeared. The wife suddenly said, but before we go on the mission field, I just want to do a few years or a short time in London pursuing uh, my 
my music option. She was very musical, very gifted. And, uh, and so the husband sort of reluctantly said, oh, uh, okay, okay. Because uh, she'd had quite a hard life. And actually part of that had been to some of the earlier decisions that they had made, he had made in, in their marriage. So he reluctantly said yes. Well, she went to London and sadly, in a short space of time, her music career became the driving force in her life. It was first in her heart, causing her to firstly walk away from God, and then secondly, to walk away from her husband of, of 20 years. Now, that's a very extreme example, but it makes the point that actually that would have never happened had she allowed God's rule, God's reign, and God's righteousness to be the number one priority in her life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is, seek his rule, his reign, and his righteousness in your life. And to have that working through your life is what we're called to, be, to do as believers. You know, Jane read to us two weeks ago that wonderful passage in, in Colossians where it says this. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ is the firstborn over all creation. It doesn't mean that he was born first. No, there was never a time that Jesus was not. He's eternal. But it means he, like back then, the firstborn son was going to be the one that inherited uh, the main share of things, would be the boss. It means that Jesus is in charge of all creation. More than this, everything was created through him and for him. The universe... This world, your life, was created through Jesus, for Jesus. It's all about him. And that's why it's not a little thing when people live their lives either ignoring Jesus or doing things that displease him. It'd be a bit, bit like this. It'd be a bit like you're invited to a wedding. Let's just, let's just imagine some people are getting married. Let's make up some names like Mark and Nen, for example. Let's just make that up and, uh, and, uh, and just say, you're invited to their wedding. And you go along to their wedding. And you, don't, you ignore them. You don't focus on the point of the day at all. In fact, you're actually so badly behaved that you distract None of you are going to do this, by the way. <laughs> we'll have, we're going to have bouncers on the door to make sure that you don't... No, no, no. no. Uh, but you distract from the wedding because you're so badly behaved. And you take away from the bride and groom's day. That, in any culture, by anybody's standards, would be a really rude and bad thing to do. This world was made by God for God. Thus, it is right that we live to seek first the kingdom of God. And since God is good and that he is loving and he is kind, as we put him first in our life, it doesn't mean that we lead a life of misery or backbreaking servitude. No, 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 no. Jesus said this. He said, I have come that you may have life, life in all its fullness. 
Elsewhere, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that you may have joy, joy, and that your joy may be full. Fullness of joy, fullness of life, that is what Christ offers those who seek him first, who put him first in their life. And the final bit in uh, Colossians 1 is that he holds all things together. This world, your life, everything in it, even that chair that you're sitting on. God hasn't just made the world and left it to it. He is sustaining everything. He holds it together. Just like your TV. When your TV, the moment electricity goes off, your TV turns off. Christ is sustaining everything with his power. This world is made by Jesus for Jesus and continues to exist because of Jesus. And my friends, if this is true, as the Bible says it is, which it is true, then you can see how inappropriate it is to allow anything in your life to be above God, to have a higher place in your heart than God. Not yourself, not your career, not your spouse, not your children, not your, uh, your job. Anything should be above Jesus. Because all things exist and continue to exist because of Jesus. And since God is good, and since he is patient, and since he is kind, as you put him first in your life, as he takes that place of being number one priority in your life, far from other people suffering neglect from, from you focusing on him, actually you realize how much he loves the people around you, much more than you do. And you suddenly realize, oh dear, I better, I better buck up my ideas a bit. I better up my game in certain areas. And therefore you suddenly make yourself a better father or mother, a better husband or wife, a better son or daughter, a better brother or sister, a better worker, student, em employer, whatever you're doing in life, you suddenly realize, actually, God loves these people far more than me. And so as you're putting him first, you actually improve who you are as well. And God, in his kindness, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gives you and me, all the power that we need to do all that he calls of us to do. As Matthew 6 also makes clear, as we seek first the kingdom of God, it doesn't lead to destitution for us as we put that first. No, no, no. God knows what we need, and he will provide for our needs. Normally, for most of us, it's through providing work as we go through our life, whether paid or unpaid. In fact, elsewhere in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul does make it very clear. He says, to work with your hands so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. So work, sorry guys, is something God wants you to do. Work was there in the Garden of Eden. He gave Adam and Eve, work to do. And guess what? Work will be there in heaven. Work is not a bad thing. It's actually something God gives us so that he can provide for us the finances, the clothes, and the food that we need to live and we can get so worried about and anxious about. The problem comes when 
we get distracted by these things, and they become more important to us than God himself. And sadly, Jesus warns us about this, doesn't he? He says, in pursuit of these, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. It's deceitful wealth is. The deceitfulness of wealth choke his word and they make us unfruitful in the things of God. Even for some of us, if we get too distracted by them, they can cause us to wander away in our faith. As the Apostle Paul warns us in 1 Timothy 6, where he says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's the most misquoted verse in Scripture. It's often quoted as, money is the root of all evil. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, a love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's through craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. As you seek Jesus first, he will provide for all that you need and more. might not be all that you want, but there's a big difference sometimes, isn't there, between what we need and what we want in life. And indeed, in truth, actually, if you have an intense desire for more, or for, for something. It may actually be a sign in your life that you are not seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because the Apostle Paul makes it clear to us that as Christians, we should have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's true for you and me too. As we seek first the kingdom of God, we should have that attitude. Actually, if that's first in our life, we will be content. Whatever Jesus gives us is fine. Whether we have lots, then we can celebrate in God's blessing for us and we can bless others and be generous to others and to the things of God. Or whether we have little, then we can celebrate in God's goodness and be content with what he has given us. And that equally glorifies God. You see, my friends, too many Christians get concerned about building their own homes rather than building the kingdom of God. And Jesus tells us, seek first that his kingdom and his righteousness, that is his rule, his reign, and his righteousness in your life. So that's why we should seek first the kingdom. Let's move on to how we seek the kingdom. How do we practically do this? How do you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness in your life. Well, to be honest, the starting place is to realize that you cannot do it. Christianity isn't about a self-help or self-improvement process. No, it's rather about recognizing our complete and total need of Jesus, turning to God to help for help and forgiveness and drawing upon the Holy Spirit's help in every day of our lives. The Bible's clear 
that by ourselves, none of us are righteous before God, not even one. That those in the flesh, by ourselves that is, we cannot please God. And that by our very nature, we are objects of God's wrath like the rest of mankind. It's not a great summary of mankind that God gives us. We by ourselves are not good enough to become friends with God. We're not good, we're not good enough to make ourselves righteous enough to get into heaven. We wouldn't even pass the entry, the entry test. We fail on every level. Thus, to seek first his righteousness is exactly that. It's to seek his righteousness. Not your own, because you don't have it before God. You might look at the person next to you and think, yeah, I'm all right. And you might be all right compared to the person next to you. But compared to the living God, we fall very far short. So how do we become right before a holy God? The Bible tells us. It should come up on the screen, the verse in Romans 3. Uh, behind, uh, behind me. Now, the righteousness of God, that's his righteousness, God's righteousness, has been manifested apart from the law. That is, that we can't earn it by our own methods. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified. Justified means declared not guilty, but righteous before a divine judge. We are justified by his grace as a gift to be received by faith. And how do we receive this gift by faith? What do we have to do? What great deed do we have to do to, to earn it? Nothing. Otherwise, it would be you earning it, and it wouldn't be a gift. The Apostle Paul goes on to explain to us, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, that is Lord of everything, but in particular, Lord of your life, King of your life, your boss, for example, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. For with your heart, you believe and are justified, declared righteous, not guilty before God. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. It's through putting your faith and trust in Jesus. When you surrender your life to him, recognizing that you need him for all the things that you have done, said, and thought that are wrong, you need, his, 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 you, you need to be forgiven of those. And when you put your faith in him, you receive his righteousness into your life. And as Jesus takes on himself all the bad things you have done on the cross, he clothes you with his righteousness. But more than that, by doing that, you are making him your Lord, your boss. You are coming under his rule and reign. You are becoming sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. That's how you start, by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in your life. That's where it starts. When you realize you can't do it, and you turn to Jesus for forgiveness and surrender your life to him. Some of you here today may need to do that, maybe for the first time, or maybe you know you've wandered away from God. I'm just going to give you an opportunity now, actually, to respond. Can I just ask people to, to bow 
their heads in prayer. If that's you this morning and you know you're in that place where you need to get right with God, then pray this in your heart along with me. Remember, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Heavenly Father, I want to put you first in my life. Please forgive me of all the times I have not done that and of all the things that I've done wrong. Thank you for sending Jesus to make a way for me to become right with you through his death on the cross. And through the power of your Holy Spirit, help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, it says, believe in your heart, but confess with your mouth. Please come and let me know that you've prayed that uh, this morning. I'd love to talk to you more about that decision that you have made Anyway, so that's how we start. But guess what? How we continue is pretty much the same as well. Through recognizing our complete and total need of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And submitting our lives daily to his rule and his reign. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20 tells us, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. As Christians, we are not living for ourselves, but we're called to live for God. Therefore, we need to seek God in prayer. Seek God in his word. Follow the Holy Spirit's promptings in our lives. And when we get confused over stuff, go to mature believers that we respect and that we love and ask their advice and ask them to pray for us. Recognizing it's not about your rights, but it's about his rule and your obedience to his rule. So for example, as I mentioned earlier, most of us are called to work, whether that's paid or unpaid. I've heard the going rates for uh, full-time mums is not, not very good uh, at the moment. But, uh, uh, but anyway, if you're physically able to work, then we should. So we get on with what we're doing. Working hard, as Tom read that passage earlier from Colossians, working hard as to the Lord, but also seeking him regularly as to God, are you still wanting me to do this? Again, sorry, mums, there's no sort of get-out clause of, uh, of that one. And dads, too. You know, you, you have to keep looking after them, I'm afraid. But, uh, uh, but actually, there's times in your life where you need to seek God. God, I'm working hard at doing this, but do you want me to change what I'm doing? Do you have something else for me? And when that promotion opportunity comes your way, not just going for it as if it's your right, but seeking God as to whether it is right or not. For you to take it. Do you know, there was a time in my life where I was encouraged by my, uh, my boss to go for a promotion, which would have meant quite a big pay rise. And uh, I prayed about it and sought God over it. But I realized, as if I took it, 
it would massively impact what I could do in terms of serving the kingdom uh, of God in the local church that I was a part of. And I realized it wasn't right for me to go for it. So I turned it down with its lovely big pay rise. Uh, that was one instance. There's other times where I felt it was right to go, to go for it. But actually, we need to seek God in all our major decisions in our life and the smaller ones as well. And if you're unsure, take time out to pray and seek him. Ask mature believers that you love and respect to pray with you and ask them their advice on what they think you should do. So that's one example. Final example of how we seek first the kingdom of God. In our thought life, you know, mo most of our actions flow out of how we are thinking. How is your thought life this morning? How much of it is filled with God and with the things of God, wanting to please him, wanting to live for him? Or how much do you allow your mind to focus on things that you know displease him and that you know are upsetting to him? The Bible makes it very clear. As Christians, we're called to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So when those thoughts come in there that you know displease God, we deal with them. We don't allow ourselves to dwell on it. We say, sorry, Lord, I shouldn't, shouldn't think like that. And we don't allow ourselves to think on those thoughts. And more positively, Philippians 4 verse 8 tells us, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. So we choose not to think about the things that we know displease God, and we actively choose to think about the things that we know do, does please God. You see, as I said at the beginning, seeking first the kingdom of God is actually not complicated. It's actually very simple. It's recognizing your need for Jesus Christ in every situation, looking to him for direction and guidance and submitting to what he calls you to do. The hard part comes in as you try to, to do that, but he gives you his Holy Spirit to help you every step of the way. And know this, that as you do that, because God is good, he will provide for you every step of the way. And also, he will reward you. He will reward your life as you faithfully follow him. So in conclusion, the absolute priority of our lives should be to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen? Amen. Can I uh, invite the band back up?